famo it's your boy Crippy, and it's another edition of the money in bits podcast how is the family doing today it's a wonderful thursday looks quite good outside right now the sun is shining and we have some news for the family today hoping everyone is doing well Crippy is in good health everything is rolling well been training hard for my Spartan race coming up in another month or two. Been putting it out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have some stories today, famo. And as you would have all seen, bank failures, bank runs, top of the news today. Or oh, it's been in the news for some time. For the last few days at least. And nothing really to worry about. We did see that the uh, federal government had to step in and other players had to step in to shore these things up or else it might have been catastrophic for the uh, financial industry here. In that case, I'm going to move on to the prices before we get into anything else. And we have Bitcoin trading today at 24,871.66. Within the last 24 hours, it's been up 2.1%. And over the last seven days, 14.5%. You see that people have been moving into more stable assets. Or, I don't know what uh, some people want to call Bitcoin a commodity. Certainly not a security. But we have people making the safe play, which Bitcoin is one of the safest plays. We have Ethereum trading at 1,663.33 within the last 24 hours up 1.9% and within the last 7 days 8.3%. Then we have Tether trading at $1.01. Wow, above $1. That's amazing. This is what's happening as a result of USDC and people's faith was kind of shaken with Circle's USDC to say the least so we had many people moving into BUSD and Tether and maybe a few other stable coins then we have Binance trading at $330.91 within the last 24 hours up 8.8% and within 7 days Binance has been pushing 15.4% yeah Binance has been moving quite possibly the only big game in town not that there there aren't any other great exchanges but Binance is the big game in town right now and we have USD coin or USDC trading at $1 so they're back at number 6 we have XRP trading at 36 cents within the last 24 hours xrp has been up 1.6 percent but within the last seven days down six percent one of the few in the red within the last seven days then we have cardano trading at 32 cents up 1.4 percent within the last 24 hours and within the last seven days ada has been trading up 2.5%. Then we have Polygon Matic 
trading at 1.14 and up within the last 24 hours 4% and within the last 7 days 8% and that's in the green. At number 9 we have Doge trading at 7 cents up 3.4 within the last 24 hours and down 0.5% within the last 7 days. And Lido staked Ether last trading at 1659.39 up 2.2 within the last or well, 2.2% within the last 24 hours and 8.2% within the last 7 days. Yes, family. It is the news edition. I I also had a couple other stories that I had to chop out. There's so many stories. And bringing out my third in the series or in my learning series, quite possibly tomorrow. I was still doing some work on that and the Crippy has been so busy with some other projects. So that might be out tomorrow or maybe early Saturday, depending on some other things that I just have to reshuffle and get this going. So our first story today, Bitcoin becomes the 12th largest asset worldwide by valuation, surpassing Visa, FAMO. This is what's happening here. And regardless of the price, there's always been adoption of the, the great Bitcoin. You know what I mean? After dropping below 26,000 per unit, well, it, it touched 26,000 quite recently when everyone thought that as a result of what was happening in the market and the rate hikes, that maybe Bitcoin would have hit 12,000. I heard quite a few things out there. It would tank. No, it actually surged forward. So yeah, after dropping below 26,000 per unit, the price of Bitcoin, the leading digital asset by market capitalization, is still up 9.6% since last week. However, its price has decreased by 6.5 within the last 24 hours. Out of the 7,316 companies, crypto assets and precious precious metals and exchange traded funds worth more than 82 trillion in value bitcoin is the 12th largest asset worldwide by valuation famo now is the time to get in well the crippy has been out here and the, the, the mib show in general and many other shows uh, where we, or, uh, we were all talking about getting into Bitcoin and getting into some crypto, mostly getting into Bitcoin, if anything. And now we see that there would be some difficulties involved. We had some peer-to-peer -peer exchanges that were shuttered. And then now we have the attack on crypto banks or banks that were crypto-friendly. So the on-ramp the area where you have to go and make your purchase is definitely under attack. 
had you had bought some Bitcoin, well, had you bought some Bitcoin last year or maybe the year before that, quite possibly you would have had a few, maybe a coin or two of some sats right now and had it in some cold storage or in some in a hot wallet and preferably a cold storage wallet uh, with nothing much to worry about. But as we see, things are getting a little bit nippy out here and the banks that were servicing crypto companies or fintech startups have definitely been under the attack. So, you know, FAMO, pay attention to the news. And there is always a, a silver lining. This whole thing might just be great for crypto. Learn a little bit more about decentralized finance. And of course, there will always be avenues throughout which you can get crypto. It's just getting a little bit more tight. Still, you know, we have a few exchanges, Gemini, Coinbase, um, just to name a few or two. Crypto.com. And there are a few others where you can still get on. Yet, years ago, you didn't have to provide your name, your address, your telephone number. You just bought Bitcoin easy. Yes, there are a few exchanges that can help you, but you would have to give up your information. For those that want to do that, it's fine. You go right ahead. There's also Swan Bitcoin. I, I did make some purchases from Swan. Fine. Your famo? You can still go ahead and get Bitcoin and get the crypto of your choice. Next story. Machankura or Machankura. Boost African Bitcoin adoption without the internet. I found this thing to be quite interesting. I didn't read the whole thing this morning. Um, things were just a little bit tight. Um, but here we have Bitcoin adoption without using the internet. And that is interesting. So in the event where the man or the powers that be might decide, well, you know what? Let's just get rid of this so that they can no longer transact. Well, now someone has found out, found a way to get Bitcoin through from one person to the other peer-to-peer -peer without the use of the internet. Reading here, how have nearly 3,000 Africans adopted Bitcoin, often called, quote, the internet of money, without actually having access to the internet? The answer lies within Machinkura, a tool built by software developer Gothatso Gakko for using Bitcoin with nothing but a feature phone, no computer, smartphone, or internet service is required. Quote here, he said, I had set up a Raspberry Pi running both a Bitcoin and Lightning node and was trying to figure out what I can build on top of it. Raspberry Pi, Bitcoin, Lightning Node. Well, we'll get into those things. The Raspberry Pi itself is a very small computer. And uh, it's a wonderful thing when you are learning a bit more about Bitcoin and nodes and transactions. That helps the Raspberry Pi. But no, let's not get into that. He said he had this one set up and was trying to figure out what I could build on top of it. 
Gakko told Decrypt via direct message, a USSD project was intriguing because a, quite a lot of African Bitcoiners were already talking about building a wallet for feature phone users. USSD stands for Unstructured Supplementary Service Data, a protocol used in telecommunications networks for sending short text messages. Amazing. It's similar to interactive voice response with which a mobile network's operator's customer service might tell you which numbers to press for accessing a particular service, but in text form. With Machinkura, mobile phone users across a range of African countries can access the app by dialing a specific code, depending on their location and the services or the service they wish to access. Its, service, its services include sending or receiving Bitcoin, through text, family, checking one's balance, or even bartering Bitcoin for goods and service on services on BitRefill. This technology is getting better and better and better as we speak. In other news, Binance Voyager deal to proceed without holdings, New York judge rules. According to Judge Michael Wiles, any protractions with the deal will harm the interests of Voyager's former clients who are waiting for the return of their funds. I know the SEC is always saying they're here to protect customers or they're here to protect the public, but these people want their money back and the judge is allowing Binance to service these people or these clients, make them whole, get, get their money. The United States District Court for the Southern District of New York declined the U.S. government's reasoning for halting the acquisition of bankrupt brokerage company Voyager Digital by Binance. Well, Binance.us, Binance US. According to Judge Michael Wiles, any protractions with the deal will harm the interests of Voyager's former clients who are re waiting to return their funds. These people want their money back. You know what I mean? And the judge is seeing to it that those at the SEC are trying to protect are also going to get their money. The decision to deny the government's motion came on March 15th. In it, Wiles re-alleges his prior approval of Voyager Digital's Chapter 11 bankruptcy plan, which suggests selling billions of dollars in assets to Binance.us in an effort to regain liquidity to pay back customers. Well, the FMO. Binance is still on top, still working the deal, still moving the funds and playing its part to get customers back their funds. It's going to take a while before they actually get to Binance, but we know that um, they are working on that. It's only a matter of time. And as we've seen with these banks that were just shuttered, and I have some stories on, on the reasons why, but you know, these stories are quite long. In the next story here, Representative Tom Emmer, quote, he's asking here, is the FDIC weaponizing market chaos to kill crypto? US Majority Whip, Representative Tom Emmer, is asking whether the FDIC 
has weaponized its authority in an attempt to purge legal digital asset entities and opportunities from the United States. Emmer on Wednesday sent a letter to FDIC Chairman Martin Grunberg citing recent actions by the agency and accusations that it is trying to kill crypto. Emma asked the FDIC if it had instructed banks not to provide crypto firms banking services or if it explicitly or implicitly told banks they would face harsher supervision if they took on new crypto clients. Emma also demanded to know what guidance the FDIC provided to financial institutions to help manage the risk of rising rates. And those were the rates that are being risen by the um, Fed chairman, constantly rising those rates. It seems like every week there's a rate hike. According to Emma, quote, if this is the case, these actions to weaponize recent instability in the banking sector, catalyzed by catastrophic government spending and unprecedented interest rate hikes, are deeply inappropriate and could lead to broader financial instability, Emma wrote, citing recent comments by former Congressman Barney Franks, co-author of the Dodd-Frank Act. On Monday, Franks, a signature bank board member, said in an interview with CNBC that regulators targeted the bank to send an anti-crypto message. Moving on in the news here, we have an operation called Operation Choke Point 2.0. Operation Choke Point. Crypto not a scapegoat for regulator-led bank crisis. Operation Choke Point 2.0. The Biden administration's highly coordinated plan with regulators to strangle the crypto industry by cutting ties with the bank sector is real with sufficient evidence supporting it. CoinGate earlier reported that crypto-friendly banks such as Silvergate Bank, Signature Bank, and, and the, uh, well, which, which other bank is this, Metropolitan Commercial Bank, would be the early targets of regulators to debank the crypto industry. The collapse of Silvergate, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature Bank was encouraged by the U.S. government and not because of crypto. While the banks provided services to some crypto clients, the reasons behind the closure of the banks have nothing to do with crypto. Silvergate's early repayment of Federal Home Loan Bank of San Francisco loans through the sale of securities, Silicon Valley Bank's mismanaging risk by putting customer deposits in long-dated securities and mortgage-backed securities, and Signature Bank's forced shutdown by state regulators are the primary reasons behind the closures. We had some who, who had blamed crypto for causing a banking crisis and contagion that is spreading to other regions such as Europe. Oh yes, we have Credit Suisse financials issues, financials issues date back to 2021 and banks exposed to Credit Suisse and SVB such as BNP Paribas are also under pressure. Credit Suisse has received 50, 54 billion from the Swiss Central Bank with shares recovering from, from downfall 
before the rate hike decision from or by the ECB. What we have here. FDIC demands any buyer of Signature Bank give up on crypto. The FDIC has reportedly stated that interested buyers in the now defunct Signature Bank must also give up their ties to crypto. Family, if this is not an attack, I don't know what is. As the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation prepares to auction off Signature Bank, it has made it clear that the buyer has to stop doing business with crypto two anonymous sources told Reuters. If it's true, it would seem to confirm suspicions that regulators targeted Signature Bank because it did business with the crypto industry. Uh, we just mentioned Barney Frank again, where he did say, um, according to CNBC, that they shuttered those banks because they are sending a very strong anti-crypto message. Mr. Frank also served on the Signature Bank board. Yeah, famo. It's going down. And it's, yeah, famo, it's an attack. And, you know, in, in one or two of my podcasts, I did say that crypto itself was made to circumvent this whole all these financial institutions and the powers that be will fight head and foot to save what they know to be their their own which is their, finan- their financial institutions and the way that they do business it is expected that they will fight for that and there's no, there's no saying that they're going to fight in a nice way they're going to approach it in any way that they, they deem possible and if it, if it has to be that they get rid of some banks that are doing business with crypto companies, then it's a small thing. In the news here again, SD governor urges 20 states to block legislation that bans crypto use as money. Says She says it's a threat to our freedom. South Dakota governor Christy Nome has vetoed a bill that bans the use of cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, as money. The bill, masquerading as a Universal Commercial Code UCC Guidelines update, also paves the way for central bank digital currencies. Keep reading about these things, famo, and I will have a proper podcast on the CBDC, what it is, why it was formed, the pros and the cons. She emphasized that this bill is clearly, quote, a threat to our freedom. The governor urged 20 other states that are about to consider a similar bill to block this legislation from passing. On second, FAMO. Let me just get this story up. Yes. Now, according to the regulator, Signature Bank closure has nothing to do with crypto. The decision to close down, to close down Signature Bank had nothing to do with crypto, said the New York State Department of Financial Services. The regulator that took possession of the troubled bank on Sunday 
The financial watchdog insisted that its decision to put Signature Bank in receivership was based on the current status of the bank and its ability to do business in a safe and sound manner. I don't know if Signature was doing any work in an unsafe way from some other stuff that I read. So here we have another story that Signature Bank is being investigated or was for money laundering prior to demise. All of these things come out because no one knew. As far as everyone knew, it was Silvergate and SVB. And up until Saturday night, Signature Bank was not really even in the hot seat. Monday morning, I myself, I was shocked. I woke up and Signature was no longer in service. It was a shock to everyone else. So, if it was crypto-friendly, then it had to go. And so you know that the other banks that are in operation now, J.P. Morgan, Chase, Citibank, well, they're on the side of regulators. I'm not that regulation is a bad thing but then there has never been any clear guidelines as to what the regulations are going to be and how crypto companies can move forward there has never been anything clear nothing certain it has just been more like um, a brutal attack and cornering of these institutions crypto institutions and just forcing them to comply when there has been no type of rails to allow their trains to roll on smoothly. So, yeah, so it's saying here that this bank signature was is or, is or was being investigated for money laundering prior to the demise. The pro-crypto bank was reportedly under dual investigations to uncover if it was taking proactive measures to stop money laundering. No one knew about this. Did anybody know about this up until afterwards? All of these stories, they come out after the fact. The cryptocurrency-friendly Signature Bank was reportedly being investigated by two United States government bodies prior to its collapse. According to a March 15th Bloomberg report citing people familiar with the matter, investigators with the Justice Department were examining whether Signature took adequate measures to detect potential to detect potential money laundering by its client. How, how, how do you do that? Do you investigate everyone that has an account with you? You know what I mean? It was noted that the regulator was particularly concerned as to whether the bank was taking preemptive measures to monitor transactions for, quote, signs of criminality and proper vetting account holders. How do you do that? I don't know. I, I'm just reading the news. I'm just a podcaster, guy who's, who, who bought a little bit of crypto as um, an investment, hoping and hoping one day that it goes up in value and I'm able to do a few things, take a nice vacation. You know what I mean? Maybe my grandkids, send them to some proper colleges, them having enough money for my investments, 
to start a business, to move on, to, to innovate, something to help them. Continuing here, it was noted the regulator was particularly concerned. As I said, preemptive measures, signs of criminality. How do you do these things? You know, preemptive, meaning what? How do you vet people that in that way? How do you go ahead and do these things? But I suppose now they have, in, have enough information so that the other banks that are currently, like I just said, the Citibanks and the JP Morgans, now they can have preemptive measures because these banks failed. So they have the tools now. A separate probe by the Securities and Exchange Commission, or the SEC, was also, quote, taking a look at the bank, according to two anonymous sources quoted by Bloomberg. Details regarding the nature of the SEC's probe were not reported. Yeah, famo. There's always secrecy about this kind of stuff, and it's all after the fact. Next story. Why isn't the Federal Reserve requiring banks to hold depositors' cash? Why? I'm asking why too. The fact that most banks aren't required to keep your money on hand makes it likely that more bank failures will occur in the months ahead. Fractional Reserve. Now, there's Fractional Reserve, but then we have no reserves. Let's see what's happening here. At least there, there was a fraction and there was a fraction of your money, but now... Let's read this. The Federal Reserve Board reduced bank banking reserve requirements to zero in March of 2020. Since that time, banks in the United States have not been required to actually hold any depositor money in the bank, making a flawed system, fractional reserve banking, worse. With Silvergate Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature Bank now shuttered, many in the U.S. are wondering if regional banks pose the same risk. Zero reserve policies at the Federal Reserve only make further bank collapses more likely. Let's read this. It's worthwhile to read this. Before the pandemic, banks had to hold 10% of of deposits in cash. When depositors put 1000 in the bank, the bank wasn't required to hold that 1000 FAMO. It holds 100 and loans out 900 to customers in search of a mortgage, a car, etc. Banks charge an interest rate on those loans, which is one way in which a bank makes money. So a bank account holder gets 0.2% interest while the bank provides loans at 4% and higher. Fractional reserve banking is what allows a bank to keep a portion of your money in the bank while lending uh, lending most of it to businesses and consumers. If every single depositor comes for their $1,000 or for the money, whatever they have in there for the $1,000, as happened in the case of the Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, the bank won't have the cash on hand. See what happens in Lebanon quite recently, right? If the bank is at risk of shutting down, then everybody's going to be rushing to get their $1,000 out. That's not going to happen, famo. 
before that happens, they will have the um, National Guard at the front of the bank. Trust me. When this happened at SVB, the California bank regulator stepped in and put the bank into receivership. They're all in cahoots, famo. So let's, let's read on. Approximately 1,000 startups had their money at Silicon Valley Bank. If the bank failed, all of those startups could have also been wiped out. Major publicly traded companies did have money in SVB, including Roku, which held approximately $487 million, nearly a quarter of its total cash at the bank. Reading on here, only 2.7% of Silicon Valley Bank deposits are less than 250000 Therefore, 97.3% aren't FDIC insured. That's a big percentage. That is not insured by the, by the FDIC. 97.3%. The FDIC is an independent federal agency and banks pay a premium for banking insurance of 250000 per depositor. FAMO. If you don't do your research and all you do is just deposit your money at the bank, expect a return, take some money out to buy a home, invest in something. There is so much that goes on behind closed doors before you get approved. And for you to get approved, you have to be properly vetted. Job, credit. Yet, who vets these people? And they can lend your money out willy-nilly and lose it. As you see, if you think you have $300,000 in the bank and you think that you, you're worth so much and you have so much in the bank, think again. Next story. So the feds, they have real-time payments system coming in July. So let's read this. The new government-operated payment system, often used as an argument against the need for crypto's payment innovations, will have its first participants certified within weeks. It's a, it's a famo. It's definitely an attack on crypto because they have their own systems coming out. And pretty much like what's happening in Nigeria, they will force that on you and they will put measures in place where you can't do otherwise or you might be fined. You will have to use their system. Let's read this. Or you will have to work with what they have. The US Federal Reserve is, is activating its long-awaited real-time payment system in July. The central bank said in a Wednesday statement marking a transition that some have seen as a government challenge of the crypto sector's instant transaction adva advantages. The Fed now service meant to solve the existing delays for clearing financial transactions between institutions will begin certifying its first participants at the beginning of next month. The system will operate around the clock, just like crypto is 24-7, and provide immediate full access to the funds. Quote, we urge, we urge, financial institutions and their industry partners to move full steam ahead with preparations to join the Fed now service it. They don't 
urge it's not urge you this is this urge actually means that you have to comply this said by Ken Montgomery the chief operating officer at the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston who has been working on the new system he said will offer a quote modern instant payment solution nothing new Satoshi Nakamoto and the cypherpunks had already figured this thing out it's as new as Columbus getting down to Trinidad somewhere and saying that he's found a new land that's, that's, that's how new this is and we all knew and know now that that itself was a lie so this is nothing new just they're just a little bit under pressure here because crypto end, ended up being a trillion dollar industry and that's a trillion dollars that was not within their system it was just circulating elsewhere and outside and they don't like that they pretty much want the money that's in your pocket to circulate within their financial system and yes who wouldn't yet the people that feel it are the people that work for it and the people that are taxed not to say that taxes aren't fair no one is going to take their hard-earned money and fix the pothole in front of their home they won't so you need a certain amount of taxes to take care of that to take care of the road construction crew yes me being in construction my whole life I would love to be paid to do that work and the taxes will help to do that the taxes also help to keep things safe for the police on the streets and we won't have gangsters moving all over the place or lawlessness so there are ways and means that your taxes do good work of course What's the next story here? Central bank digital currency transactions to reach 213 billion annually by 2030, research shows. A new study shows that payments via central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, are expected to reach 213 billion annually by 2030. Furthermore, 92% of the total value transaction transacted via C- CBDCs will be paid domestically. The researcher has found quote the value of payments via cbdc central bank digital currencies will reach 213 billion annually by 2030 up from just 100 million in 2023 the, this radical growth over 260,000 percent reflects the early stage of the sector currently limited to pilot projects i think the first one was the first pilot project was in the bahamas I have to do a little bit more research on that. Adoption will be driven by governments leveraging CBDCs to boost financial inclusion and increase control over how digital payments are made. Pay attention to this increased control. The firm added, CBDCs will improve access to digital payments, particularly in emerging economies where mobile penetration is significantly higher than banking penetration. Well, we just found out that Somewhere in Africa, they don't even need the internet to get Bitcoin and crypto across. So they, the governments, will now have to try to circumvent that. 
Okay. And I have one more story here. Not on crypto, but ChatGPT4 aces the bar. Famo, have you used ChatGPT? You can you could now use that to even pass your exams. It passes the bar SATs and can identify exploits in ETH contracts or Ethereum. GPT-4 completed many of the tests within the top 10% of the cohort, while the original version of ChatGPT often finished up in the bottom 10%. GPT-4, the latest version of the artificial intelligence chatbot ChatGPT, can pass high school tests and law school exams with scores ranking in the 90th percentile and has new processing capabilities that were not possible with the prior version. The figures from GPT-4's test scores were shared on March 14th by creator OpenAI, OpenAI, revealing it can also convert image, audio and video inputs to text in addition to handling, quote, much more nuanced instructions. More, creativ- more creatively and reliably, it passes a simulated by exam with a score around the top 10% of test takers, OpenAI added. In contrast, GPT 3.5 score was around the bottom 10%. The figures show that GPT 4 achieved a score of 163 in the 88th percentile on the last on the LSAT exam. The test college students need to pass in the United States to be admitted into law school. Yeah, famo. It's just the news today. I have to bring up the other part 3 of my educational program quite possibly tomorrow I have been working on it I put in some work and it's just for me to summarize because it's a lot of information and um, just about summarizing everything and bringing it out to the family but this was just a news drop in the middle of the week I hope the family is doing well this was your boy Crippy and I'm out <laughs> <laughs>